for its seasoned fries. They then used this point to catch Cindy Reese in a lie, and the case went on to be featured in a Dateline true crime show that first aired in 2020. But yesterday, the Milo's Fries murder case episode gained some traction on social media after it was shared by celebrities on Twitter, including Chrissy Teigen, who has 12.9 million Twitter followers, saying what an endorsement for Milo's Fries. This has been Stuart with your Crawford Media News. Hey folks, Phil Williams here from Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. WXJC 101.1 FM every day from 2 to 5. Tune in, making it cool to be a conservative. The views and opinions expressed throughout the day are those of the participant and do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting Management or sponsors. It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. Because everything counts. Everything matters. Good news. Christian values. Alabama's Christian Talk Radio with Greg Davis. Priority Talk. And welcome back in. Hour number two, Priority Talk Radio, WXJC. Thank you for being here with us at 101.1 FM. Or you may be joining us on the WXJC radio app or live over the website. And you can find that at PriorityTalkRadio.com. Listen live there or listen later. Whatever you hear, you can listen again later on there at PriorityTalkRadio.com. Or if you miss something, whatever. Okay, it's a big day in uh, in Birmingham, and especially and really for the state, as um, Alabama and Auburn both on the on the court in, uh, in the home state. And so... Uh, I know many of you following those games today and, uh, you know, keeping up. We might have folks uh, coming and going, you know, from those events here over the next few days. So uh, thank you very much for being with us. This is Priority Talk Radio. I'm Greg Davis. Nate Williams here with us as well. He's the one whooping over there. And uh, (laughs) we are um, uh, glad to be with you. Good news, Christian values. That's what we do right here on WXJC. From 5 until 7, Monday through Friday. And... uh, we're, we're glad to be with you. All right, we'll be here until 7 o'clock, and uh, I am headed out this evening to uh, speak to the North Jefferson Patriots Club. I think it's club. The North Jefferson Patriots. They know who they are, and if you want to join us, you can do that as well. Uh, speaking tonight, the I'll, I'll get there a little after they start, and I'll, uh, I'll, start, uh, I'll speak about 7.30 this evening. So in just a little while, and uh, we'll be there speaking with them. They're, they're a... Uh, uh, I, I would say a conservative group that likes to keep up with the issues that's going on locally and nationally and, and state. And so, uh, you know, I was supposed to speak for them in um, January. Okay, they meet once a month. Okay? okay. So I was supposed to meet and speak in January, and I was sick. And then I was supposed to speak in February, and... The weather was bad that day. It was one of those nights where everything got canceled, you know, a Thursday yes. night. I can't remember exactly the day, early early February. And so now this is the the current one. Third and time's a charm. And, of course, as I continued to agree to come, I wasn't considering that it would be, uh, you know, first day of the basketball tournament. Oh, that's important. That's okay, though. It's all good. <laughs> there, there'll be plenty of basketball to watch. So uh, Alabama and Auburn, um, keep up with that. And, of course, hey, UAB, a big win the other night in the NIT. They didn't quite make the NCAA, lost in the conference championship. Oh, they were so close. But uh, in the NIT and had the big win, what night was that, Tuesday night? Uh, mm. I watched it Tuesday night. I wasn't able to be there because I was in Montgomery, but I, I did watch that game. And they're hosting Moorhead State Sunday. So, man, you talk about lots of basketball going on. Here, I mean, you got uh, at the at the Civic Center at the you know the Birmingham Jefferson Civic Center Legacy Arena, and then UAB hosting another uh, game in town as well in the NIT tournament. Morehead State beat Clemson. Uh, That's a big ad- win to advance. Yeah, yeah, beat Clemson, and so they'll be coming to uh, to the South Side here in Birmingham 
to uh, take on UAB now. So anyway, cool stuff, but uh, I'll be out tonight at the North Jefferson Patriots. Any of you who are in that area or sometimes attend those meetings, I hope I see you uh, in just a little bit uh, this evening. All righty. Um, we had a good first hour catching you up on some of the uh, events of the legislative uh, week. And uh, if you want to hear that, go back and listen in. Of course, uh, you know, we've got the, the ARPA funds, the billion dollars. That was the big week uh, this week. It was kind of funny sitting up in the uh, gallery today. I was in the Senate and, at the, and in the House, and I sat up in the gallery during both of them, some this morning. And um, it was just funny to, to watch and um, just think they're down there talking about all this, and they're literally spending one, oh, well, over $1 billion dollars. I can't even imagine. I mean, it just, you know, blows my mind. Big responsibility. I hope they got it right. Um, and uh, we mentioned uh, last hour as well, we hosted the uh, the renewed, the, the relaunch of the uh, ALCAP prayer breakfast that has been taking place since 1980, minus two years of COVID. 1980, but, wow. But I tell you, since 1980, yeah, a, a weekly breakfast, uh, for uh, those who you know work down in, in Montgomery in government, um, it was much attended this morning by legislators, senators, and representatives, and a few other folks as well. Um, we should have some Supreme Court justices and constitutional officers that officers that'll join us down the road. But uh, but it was good this morning, and um, you know I was able to you know we took prayer request and you know had prayer, and then I, I shared a devotion this week, and we've got other folks that'll do that for us some other weeks. So. Pray for us on Thursday mornings. We're, uh, you know, trying to minister and be a, a, a good news influencer in Montgomery. So, um, anyway, how was the food? It was really good. Yeah, food was good. It really was. Anyway, uh, some of you didn't hear last hour. We we talked a little bit about this, but uh, just uh, if you'd be interested in helping us do one of these, we still need some more sponsors. Maybe your you your business your church would be interested in helping us uh, cover the expenses of uh, of the prayer breakfast in Montgomery. Um, if you'd like to do that, man, just reach out to us, okay? You, you'll find me. Easy to do. We've got the text. We've got social media. we got email, greg at prioritytalkradio.com, all of that. Uh, please reach out. We've had several churches respond to that and help us out, and we're probably, we probably need four or five more that would help us sort of, sort of cover the cost on the, uh, on the meal and the expenses that go along with, um, with putting on a, a weekly breakfast for, uh, for people. So uh, for for legislators and you know people just whoever you know the people that show up so anyway when you say people and you say breakfast that means food that means you got to pay for it and uh, so and, and you got to have a place to to meet and you got to get there and all that kind of stuff and sometimes you bring people in from out of town and anyway so it you know it all everything costs we know that everything costs something um, so anyway, that's some ministry update and of course uh, this hour we do try to talk a lot more ministry. And so uh, I thought I, an article here that I had I've been looking at for quite a while and sort of pondering over, uh, written by James White, and uh, it's just it's talking about how the pandemic changed the church, and uh, I thought it was interesting. And and you know this is an ever changing kind of kind of culture, the church and how we were affected by the uh, by the pandemic. But when you think about it, it's been right at three years um, since this happened. You know what I mean? It was three years ago. You remember, it was the week of the uh, conference tournaments and then NCAA basketball tournament that's happening right now. You know, I remember when they canceled the March Madness, you know, movement. Yeah. When they said that's not going to happen, that's when I went, whoa. You just don't cancel that. No, you don't. That's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? When that when that was canceled, that was like a uh, okay, wow, this is going to be a big deal. I, you know, everybody was trying to figure it out. You know, you were into the you know a few weeks to stop the spread. Um, oh goodness! And then you know churches, you know, let's don't meet. So then, how did the pandemic change the church? What were some of the factors that changed the church? So let's take a break and come back on the other side, and we'll talk about a few of these. And then we've got some other church and ministry-related uh, topics we can get to later on this hour as well. It's Priority Talk Radio, WXJC. Keep it right here, my friends. 
Greg Davis here, and I want to remind you of Priority Talk's longest-running advertiser, and that's Today's Family Dentistry, your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Keetan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment. 256-739-3337. That's Today's Family Dentistry located in downtown Coleman. Call today and make your appointment. 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry in downtown Coleman. Hey, Birmingham. This is David Barton with Wall Builders. Thanks for listening to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. Good stuff. We welcome you back in Priority Talk Radio. It's our church and ministry, family, culture hour here on this beautiful Thursday evening. I mean, what a day. It, yeah, I real mean, good. nice. Now, tomorrow, different story. Yeah, Rain, but rain, rain tomorrow. We got just a little taste of spring. Well, we did. Look, this morning, I was, uh, as we said, I was in Montgomery, and I was walking between buildings, and, man, it was just that perfect combination of uh the sun and then a little wind a little mm. cool wind oh i was walking beside a guy and he said this feels like fishing weather <laughs> uh but anyway uh but rain tomorrow most definitely so uh, coming in overnight so if you're listening to us you're going to get some rain tomorrow so it's going to be a different story tomorrow morning have your umbrella have your uh um have you, your water shoes all that kind of stuff ready to go and uh and unfortunately you know this is always unfortunately um I have a funeral in the morning um, that's supposed to be a graveside service, so I'm not sure how we're going to do that because it looks really, really rainy. Uh, and that's unfortunate when you try to have a graveside and it's just yes. pouring down rain. You just it, you can't hardly do it. So we'll see what happens with that. But um, you know, you, you you always hate to for anybody to have to go through uh, such a time of losing a loved one, and then you throw in bad weather on top of it. Goodness. All right. How did the pandemic change the church? Well, a couple of. Um, ways we can look at this what what nate what would you think would be the first thing we would discuss about how the pandemic changed the church i'd imagine what do you think most it, pastors would would think it have to be something to do with numbers yeah, attendance, attendance. You there know? you go number one you, you got it um attending church is different now than it was yeah you know i'm hearing um pastors say you know we're just now starting to get back to you know nipping at our high numbers or what our low numbers used to be yeah as far as people showing up you know you're hearing that now there's exceptions to that but that's what i hear all across our state okay now i'm talking in alabama uh could be different other places but you know attending church now means different things and uh, not not that this wasn't happening pre-pandemic because it was and i had talked about it but the pandemic i always called it was the great accelerator Mm -hmm. whatever the trend was it just got here quicker. Yeah. You know, if, if things were trending in a good way, if they were trending in a bad way, fast. Oh, yeah. So attending church now means um, different things. It used to meant showing up physically, being at the location with other people. And the online version was sort of there in, in some of your mega churches, bigger churches, you know, churches that had the wherewithal to do it. it that was there. Okay. And, and some people attended online, you know, that, so not, not to say that it wasn't there, but for the large majority of churches, they really had to expand their capabilities of broadcasting during the pandemic. And so now that means attending church is different. Yeah. Uh, you can be there in person and, or you can be there online. Now, what do you, okay. And it used to just be TV preachers that would say, if you're watching us by television, you know, during their welcome. Mm -hmm. Now, everybody, if you're watching us online, you know yeah. what I mean? Now, everybody says it. it used to just be the TV preacher that said that. <laughs> now, it's the pastor says that, you know. Yeah. Now, honestly, okay, for those 
you know, out there who are perfectly normally. I'm not saying those who are homebound, those who maybe got injured, they're ill. Do you think that traveling. traveling mm-hmm. Now, do you think that pure online attendance, can you say that you attend a church if, you know, let's say, you know, everything's fine, everything's normal, yeah. no extenuating circumstances? No. No. No, I don't believe so. Mm-mm. No. And even before the pandemic, I would have people say, hey, I'm a member of this church. And I'd go, well, you know, everybody's got multiple campuses now. You know, that's the yes. thing. You used to help other churches get started, and they were their own church. Now you start them and own them. Yes. So, you know, it would be like, well, I'd say, what, well, which campus do you attend? You know, oh, online campus. And mm-hmm. I, mean, I would go, y- you ain't part of that church. <laughs> you yeah. Know I mean, you're just not. I mean, you're, you're a consumer is what you are. Yes. You're, you're a consumer, not a contributor. Uh, you're just taking what you're doing. You might say, well, no, I write a check or I got it on my credit card. That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, you're just consuming the product. You're not. Um, you're not giving of yourself to it. If all you do is, is is just click in. Now, do I watch online services myself? Yes, I do. I also attend a church every Sunday, practically every Sunday. Yeah. Not saying I, I never have missed, but not much. But uh, I also uh, have churches that I do watch. It's not uncommon for us to get up on a Sunday morning and watch a uh, a church that had service on Saturday night and just go mm-hmm. ahead and watch their service where they had posted it mm-hmm. before we even go to our own church. You know, people used to do that on television. Yeah. And so, but no, if you're just attending online, I don't believe. Now, is that better than nothing? I guess so. Yeah. Uh, but, but, and so should the church provide it? Sure. But you personally, is it what's best for you? Um, I don't, I don't think so. So um, anyway, we, you know, you've got to bring something to the church, and you can't do that by just sitting at home consuming. Uh, the church needs you. It needs you to gather corporately um, and be together. But attendance changed. You know, used to churches would not count attendance as people who watched or listened online if they had it. Now churches do say. Mm-hmm. You ask a church, oh, well, we have, you know, we have 100 that, you know, usually have about a hundred that are there, and then we got another twenty or thirty that watch online. I mean, they'll say that. It changed. The pandemic changed it. Um, another topic that this writer brings up is uh, unity. It says he says the basis basis of church unity has shifted from relationships to ideology, and the basis of that ideology has shifted from doctrine to all things politicized. A church's doctrinal statement is less important than a church's cultural statement. In other words, um, uh, it says, as a result, incongruence between personal and a church's perceived cultural statement is now the grounds for not only the breakup of community, but the permission to act with a lack of civility. Um, This is bad. You know, uh, this is bad. When we put um, the politicization or the culturalness of a church ahead of the doctrine of the church. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's what we're looking at. you know, where's this church stand on this issue or this issue or this issue instead of just looking at their doctrine and then fleshing that out. Mm-hmm. You agree? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and so it, it has, he says, it's affected. He said this is maybe the most demonic dynamic flowing from COVID, and it should be denounced and opposed with the true nature of unity uphill. And the foundation of Christianity, it's always been doctrine, to, mm-hmm. that our agreement on doctrine. Um, and so that's where we should focus is is there but the pandemic brought in a lot of different um you know should we meet should we not meet should we you know spread out should we wear masks to church you know <laughs> all these kind of issues came up and it caused a lot of disunity you know there there are some who want to uh, still want to sue and, and look and I'm not knocking them but they still want to sue and they still want to have uh, lawsuits and things against um the government for the church, and I don't think the church should ever be told they can eat. I think people can make that decision for themselves. I agree. So I, I go there, but then they'll ask me, hey, do you think we could get some churches on board, you know, to help get in on this lawsuit? So, And I'm like, dude, I, I told a couple of them, look, most churches and most pastors are just glad that's over, mm-hmm. and they don't ever want to revisit that again. But yes. unfortunately, if we don't do something about it, we could revisit it again. 
History yep. has a way of repeating itself. <laughs> yes, it does. But um, but the last thing pastors want to do right now, or church leaders want to do, is start talking about getting in together on a lawsuit dealing with whether or not we wore masks or whether or not we mm-hmm. should admit. They're like, I already been through that. I already had that. And, and look at the. Di-. They don't want to bring that back up because it would cause more disunity in their church. Quite honestly, so. Anyway, unity. Uh, he goes on and talks about discipleship uh, being affected as well in the church. Uh, remote learning, um, they uh, you know is, is big. You know, even um, even colleges now. You know, Christian colleges. Many. You know, Liberty had the big time online learning. Yes, but a they lot did. of your a lot of your other Christian education institutes really weren't up to speed on that. I mean, Liberty they've been setting the pace on that for a long time. Yeah. But beyond that, not so much. But now it, it much more so. Now it's everywhere. Um, and so, um, you know, the uh, the remote learning, the remote discipleship, is um, is is a threat to the traditional approaches. And uh, something shouldn't be. We shouldn't say something's best just because it's traditional. But it's there for a reason. So when we look at it, online learning is not only how people learn uh, now, but it's really how they want to learn. Mm. You know, I mean, the days you think about it, the days of you know, you, you had a meeting about something, and you got together, and you discussed it. Nah, they still happen, but now it's more, hey, join us online. Join us online. For a webinar or for a Bible study or for classes. Join us online for these. It changed. And uh, it's the same with online events. Um, um, I don't fight that as hard as I do the the in-person attendance when it comes to gathering with your church family uh, I can see a place for this I, I, I can because I, I too have been uh, I've gotten in on some things that I couldn't have gotten in on otherwise you know what I mean the technology does help oh yeah um, but um, I, I, I like in-person learning the best but it's um, sometimes maybe you have to meet people on digital and then hope you can move them into in person, and I think that's the thing. But you got to rethink how you do your discipleship. I mean, you just really do. Um, a, lot, a lot of what we only did in person now, as far as meeting with people and holding one another accountable and Bible study, a lot of it now is done through technology and remote. Uh, even communication is done through technology, um, from uh, messaging or from you know texting, all this kind of stuff. So. It's just really changed. Uh, outreach is another uh, he talks about. He says, while the essence of effective outreach will always be relational and incarnational in nature, the dynamic of the relational invitation has changed from come with me, like come with me to this, to you should check this out online. And that's the, exactly the truth. Uh, it's a digital invitation now. And, uh, and you hope that that will lead to physical Mm-hmm. Uh, attendance or, or physical involvement, but uh, that is uh, that is so true. And look, out there, you've got to realize that the days of people just showing up at your church and finding out about you are over. They are going to look at you online before they ever come. I don't care if they know you. If 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 your family invites you to come to their church on Easter. I can promise you they're going to go look online just to see what everything looks like and who's there, and they're going to check it out. Even if they know they're coming, they're still going to look at it online first. Yeah. And unfortunately, and Nate and I, with what we do, we deal with a lot of churches all over the state of Alabama. A lot of churches are not there. Mm-mm. And you wonder why nobody visits or nobody comes or nobody. <laughs> There's nothing there. They're, that's not Showing up is not the first thing they're going to do. The first thing they're going to do is look at you online. So when you start thinking outreach, uh, you've got to know that people are going to look at you online. And, and look, the pandemic even sped that up because they had to look to see. Are they wearing masks? Are they meeting? You know what I mean? You, you just didn't show up. Even with a restaurant, you had to look see. Are they even open? Mm-hmm. You know, what's their policy? Yep. And so this was already happening, but now it's even hap- it happened. Now people are habitually they're going to look online, and uh, too many churches just don't have uh, an adequate online presence, and it's not very difficult to do uh, nowadays. It's not. It's not. And and for those you who can are, have something that tells people enough. 
Yeah, yeah. For those who are intimidated by that, you know, website creation and and, and all that, you can uh, you can keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to be overly complicated, but just have the necessary information and try to make it relatively attractive. Yeah. But it doesn't need to be complex. Yeah, but they got to see. You know, they need to see who's the pastor. They're gonna want to see that. How do people dress? What time? Child care. They got to see that stuff. That's part of your outreach now. You have to see it that way. And the pandemic accelerated that. Yes, big is time. what it did. It sped it up. All right, bottom of the hour. Got to take a break. We'll come back. More. We're talking local church and ministry issues this hour. Hey, this is Greg, and ever since the first time I visited Israel in 1999, I've encouraged others to also experience the land of the Bible for themselves. I'm wondering if you've ever dreamed of visiting the Holy Land and walking where Jesus walked. If so, why don't you pray about touring Israel with me in the summer of 2023? We will experience a 10-day pilgrimage that will include visiting biblical sites around the Sea of Galilee and actually taking an inspirational boat ride on the same waters that Jesus walked upon. We will also visit the holy sites in the city of Jerusalem, including Golgotha and the Garden Tomb. You'll also experience the Dead Sea and many significant Old Testament sites. The Bible will come alive to you like never before. Are you interested at all? Email me, greg at prioritytalkradio.com, and I'll share with you much more information about this trip of a lifetime. Email me, greg at priorityTalkRadio.com for more information on traveling with me to the Holy Land in summer of 2023. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like, ooh, ah, yeah, ooh, my life be yeah, like, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, yeah, ooh. We welcome you back in. It is Priority Talk Radio. Greg Davis here, Nate Williams with me, and we're talking local church ministry stuff this hour. We're doing that a lot during the second hour. If you want to go back and hear the news updates from the day and the week, uh, please do that uh, on our podcast. Those will be there from hour number one. Um, but here we are, hour number two, from six until seven, talking local church, ministry, family, culture, all of these type issues. And so we're talking about the pandemic, how it changed church, attendance, unity, discipleship, um, interesting topics, interesting things to think about. And now let's uh, still talk in local church, but I want to shift a little bit. Um, this was uh, some stuff laid out by uh, Tom Rayner. Now, he's been a guest on this program over the years a couple of different times. In fact, you know, not too, uh, wasn't too long ago when he was with us. Uh, but he is the uh, founder and CEO of Church Answers and used to, uh, used to oversee uh, Lifeway as well. So he asked the question, and this is, uh, I think, comes out of one of his latest books as well. Um, he asked the question, why you're why you're not really a question i guess he makes the statement here's why your church has to replace 32 percent of its attendance every year nate have you ever been doing better than you've ever done but then found out you were further behind than you've ever been probably yeah 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 that's the way sometimes churches are and uh maybe they're doing better than they've ever done but they're falling further behind than they've Still ever Still not been. enough. Yeah, well, you just, you're not keeping up. And we get into a false sense of security, but then you look around, you go, well, maybe it wasn't as good as I thought. So he says, and we'll talk about this, let's start with a scenario that your church has an average worship attendance of 100. Okay, pretty typical. And um, it's, it's, a, it's simplicity. And he says um, the median worship attendance is 65. Okay, so 100 members, 65 regularly show up okay now let's ask simple questions how many attendees do you have to add to your attendance in a year just to stay even well the answer in a typical church he says is 32 if you have a worship attendance of 100 you can double the number to 64 uh, if that church's attendance is 200 so if you're 100 it's 32 if you're 200 it's 64 okay and so on and so on 32 people per 100. Wow. So you have to increase the number of attendees by 32%, he says, every year just to stay even. Now, in a church with 100 in attendance, an additional 32 attendees would stay to, at, to be even. Uh, 
and if they attend, if that's if they come every Sunday, if they attend every other Sunday, you'd need 64. Okay, here's how it happens. Where do all these people go? You know, it's like if you're adding 32 people, then why would you be not 32 up? Where do they go? Well, you know, you hear sometimes people say the church is literally dying. Yes, the church is literally dying. The death rate in the U.S. is uh, is one person per hundred population. That's the death rate. And um, so you're going to lose people. And and would we say the death rate is higher in churches? Many have older congregations. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you know, let's just say, if that's the overall one in a hundred, if that's the overall death rate and your church's average age is 50s, 60s, or 70s, then you're going to lose more than one per hundred. So people are dying. Just lose people to, to death. Yeah. You know, I talk to pastors, and, um, you know, they'll be like, uh, you know, Sunday, the week looked clear. And then I wound up with three funerals in the same week. You know what mm. I mean? It just happens. Um, never underestimate the, the burden that funerals put upon your pastor as well. Oh, yeah. Especially people that are in the church, uh, active and they pass away. It, it's hard on them. You know, it's hard. It's hard on everybody. And then, you know, you, you multiply. You know, people in your church. Maybe you hear somebody passed away, and maybe you sort of knew them. Well, the pastor knows everybody. You know, in a smaller church in particular, he's close, probably close with more people than the average attender is. Yeah. So people are dying. Uh, second of all, uh, people move move away. Just this is just the pure numbers. This is Tom Rainer. He says the mobility rate in the U.S. in 2020 was 9.3 percent. Um, so that's almost a 10 percent mobility rate. He says it's good though. The the good news is that that's declining, and uh, it had almost reached 20 percent in 1985. So people aren't moving as much, but they are still moving. And sometimes they're local moves, but they move um, out of the they move far enough away to where they're not at your church any longer. So does that make sense? So sometimes churches are growing, and they're only growing because people are moving to their community. Yes. You know, you look at this church and you think, oh, man, they're just doing a great job. Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not such a great job. People just happen to be moving to where they are. You know, I always find, you know, pastors that grew these big, you know, mega churches, and, you know, typically they didn't grow them in declining population areas. No, that's... They grew them in areas that just exploded in population. You're exactly right. And there'll be people, uh, you know, there's a whole, I don't I don't know if you could call it a science of church planning, yeah. but that's one of the factors that sure. church planners will continue. It's like, all right, is this population uh, booming in this area right. or declining? And that has, a, that's partly to play with whether or not a church plant succeeds. It, it is. It is. There's no doubt about it. So... Uh, in other words, don't always look at that that booming church and and think you know that was running uh, 200 or 100 or 215 years ago, and now they're running 2,000, and think that they did something better than you're doing it as a minister, as a pastor, or as a leader in your church. No, they just probably happened to be in the right place, and it just the, the growth came to them. They uh, rode the wave, and and that doesn't mean they can't you know they can't. They can't not share the gospel and do things the right way, okay? Because you do see churches like that, and they they boom, and then some other churches sitting there, and there's and it's you know it was a hundred people, now it's ten people, while this one went from a hundred to a thousand. So, but I'm just saying they didn't do anything that any church couldn't have done had they wanted to. They don't, you know. And then we go to them and go, well, how'd you do it? What was your special growth? Mm-hmm. Well, I've, you know, we we're, we're doing the same thing you're doing. We just happened to be sitting where the population exploded. So people move out of the community, and when they move, you lose them. It happens. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been there. I've been in churches where, you know, you start clipping up, and then two or three families move, and you're like, wow, that made a difference. You know yes. what I mean? Most yep. churches, you lose two or three families. It's, it's a big knock on your attendance and your, and your finances and everything. Definitely. Um, sometimes people transfer or they, you know, they go to another church in your community that happens as well for various reasons you know it's it, it's going to happen um just different reasons but um maybe they um uh, 
know someone in the church or maybe there is have friends at another church and so they think oh if to make my kids happy to make sure they're still happy to go to church and get involved we go to this church over here um, so it happens so he says their estimate is a, is about seven percent is what they say that you're going to lose seven percent to another church in the community now um, you can also gain people that way as well but we're talking about losing uh, your church will lose seven members if you're a church of a hundred to another local church for every uh, for every hundred so that's another you lose the other um, part of this he goes to is he says that um, you know there's just uh, frequency uh, consistency of attendance is, is down and he, he says this is Tom Rainer church answers he says uh, from what his research says that it's down about 15 percent per year in churches people are people attend less frequently he says it's 15 percent per year so he says if a church had 100 members who attended every Sunday average attendance would be a hundred mm-hmm. hundred for a hundred if all those members attended every other week the average attendance would be 50 50 that's a decline of 50 percent oh yeah so declining attendance frequency of attendance is the number one factor in church decline in u.s so it's not that these people aren't still connected to the church but uh but as far as that if you're just purely looking at the numbers you're going to have to have more people come more frequently to make that up so that's another way we lose people and so uh, the declining frequency it's huge uh absolutely huge anybody who's in church um, trying to see your church grow or reach more people or you know see your numbers increase so you can make more disciples you know it there's so many things competing on the weekends i mean there everything now has an industry you know i don't care what your hobby is there's a weekend for it, it there's something going on every weekend for your hobby mm-hmm. i don't care if it's going to the uh trade days at the you know at the park if it's going you know to car shows or if it's playing ball or if it's golfing or i don't care what it is uh knitting i don't care what it is there's conventions there's things to attend there's groups that get together there's practices that are had it's not just kit stuff for kids yes we know all about that it's for everything you know it's amazing what uh, people and then, and then people uh you know they 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 travel you know mobility now people travel they and especially now i think coming out of uh, the, the covid and the pandemic a lot of people were grounded now people feel safe to get back out and go on trips and mm-hmm. take a weekend away, and and it, um, it 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 affects your attendance. So these are the factors. So he says you're going to lose one to death, at least one, probably more than that, especially if your congregation's a little older. If it trends yeah. older, and you don't have a lot of kids and young people, you're going to lose more than one to death. He says you're going to lose nine to people moving. You're going to lose seven to transferring to another church in the community. And you're going to lose 15 in attendance frequency. So you're going to need 32 people for every 100 you have in attendance to stay the same. If you don't have that, you're going to be in decline. Mm. So you can be doing a really good job better than maybe doing better than you've ever done before and you could be falling further behind than you've ever been that's discouraging well you can you, you've got to realize it you know um uh you know sometimes you see a church and let's just say they've got a, a youth group and uh maybe the the you know they've seen their high school go from a 4a to a 6a okay mm-hmm. and their youth groups went from hey we used to have 35 now we got 50. Wow, that's great. Well, guess what? <laughs> There's more kids in the school that you aren't reaching than there was before. Yeah. And that numbers can play out. Maybe you had 50, now you've got 100. Wow, great youth group. Huge. Biggest youth biggest youth group we've ever had. Best youth pastor we've ever had. Look at all that. No, they're further behind than the guy before was because of the growth of the community. Mm. There's more kids in that school that we're not reaching than there was before. 
Yeah. And so we can get into a false sense of security thinking we're really good doing well when we're really not. Mm. We're really further behind. And so same way here. But you'll see this, you know, if you were, uh, you know, let's just say last Sunday you had 100. And if you don't add 32 this year, this time next year, you're going to have less than 100. That's mm. what he's saying. Yeah. So you've got to basically replace a third of your attendance every single year or you're going to be further behind. Interesting stuff. That's a lot of people. You know, um, the, but here's the thing. People are hungry. I think people are going to be desirous of community and uh, relationship. We've just got to be ready to, uh, to meet them. And as we were talking earlier, you, you've got to be online. You, you've got to have uh, an outreach online for people. That's the outreach mechanism now, by and large, especially for younger. If you don't have an online presence, and I don't mean you got to have a quality broadcast of your service. I mean, you just got to have basic information. Uh, it's amazing how many, I'll tell you this, I, you know, as I travel the state, I visit a lot of churches. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the easiest thing I can do is just try to look them up online to find out how to get there. Sometimes you can't even find out where they're at on their website. That's amazing. Or on their Facebook page. You go to their Facebook page, and it's so-and-so Baptist church or Methodist church, and you can't even find out what town it's in. Wow. I mean, it, it, that's true. It happens to me all the time. So you've got to be ready to meet people where they are. That is what outreach has become, and that is online to a great degree. All right. Got to keep up. we got to keep up. If we're going to grow the church and grow the kingdom, um, we're, we're losing. Let's just be honest. Most of us are losing. And even of, even those of us who think we're winning and think we're doing well, uh, maybe not. Maybe you're further behind than you ever thought you were. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back on the other side. Priority Talk. Scale your business with a dedicated team of experts. A marketing vendor focuses on profit. A marketing partner focuses on your business. With Dot Edison, there is no more taking, only serving. Feel great about your marketing with Dot Edison. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at dotedison.com. This is Greg, and I want you to know about my friend Jeff Harding and Alabama Reliable Roofing. Your local roofing expert since 1998, Alabama Reliable Roofing provides residential and commercial clients with exceptional roofing services. Jeff and his experienced team are well-equipped to provide repairs and installations of shingle and metal roofs. Look, I know the importance of a roof and that it's one of the biggest investments you make in your home, place of business, or church facilities. Alabama Reliable Roofing understands this as well and has the experience to work with your insurance company in case of storm damage. So whether your roof has suffered from storm damage and needs repairs, or it just may be time for a new roof, you need an inspection to determine the next steps. Company owner Jeff Harding is waiting on your phone call and will be personally involved with every job. Call him at 205-369-9630 for a no-obligation conversation and a free estimate. Look at their work on the Alabama Reliable Roofing Facebook page and then call Jeff at 205-369-9630. Alabama Reliable Roofing, 205-369-9630. We're back in for our final uh, few moments here with you before the uh, top of the hour catches us. Glad you're with us, Priority Talk Radio. It's our ministry, church, culture, family hour, and we've uh, pretty much exclusively talked uh, local church yeah. this hour. Been a good conversation. I think so. Helpful, but um, yeah, real. You know. Real, yeah. Last uh, last segment, you talked uh, about a little bit of the numbers, you know, having to to. Churches are declining at alarming rates sometimes. What was it, 32 people you'd have to? Yeah, that's what he said, 32. I mean, you know, you're going to average the numbers, so you're going to lose 32 out of 100 every year. 32 out of 100. So I thought, okay, to to close this out. How do you find the 32 new people? How do you find the 32 new people? Well, what do you do to reverse that? And I've just been looking at different articles. I'm looking at one from Lifeway uh, Research. 
and uh, you know just what what can we do as churches to to help to reverse that and so the first one I'm, I'm reading across these articles is you have to be warm and welcoming you just have to uh, love people get to know people because sometimes churches can be very unfriendly yeah and it's it's unfortunate but uh, I, I was a uh, well, I am a military kid, so we'd move around, oftentimes Maryland, Virginia, and we would uh, try out new, uh, try out sounds terrible, but just yeah. visit sure. local churches. Y'all know what I mean. And just sometimes uh, yep. you would just go into a local church and it just was not welcoming. Let me tell you, as someone who basically, for the most part, with what I do now, I'm in a different church almost every Sunday. Okay. That's uh, what I do. I'm, I'm usually speaking at a different church every week, but I show up and those People don't typically know who I am, you know, when I yeah. show up. And, uh, you know, the pastor's looking for me or, you know, some leadership. But um, one of the biggest things you have to watch out for when you visit the typical church in Alabama is not getting someone's seat. Mm. You walk into a church of, you know, you're not going to get this as much in your bigger churches, but you walk into a typical church, you know, yeah. 50, 100, maybe 150 People have like assigned seats almost. Yes, and they, they view it, it that way. It, yeah, they do. They sit in the same place every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And if you get in their seat, and I have seen it where that person would be ugly to you. That yeah. you, you know, can you slide down? You're in my seat. But that's not usually what happens. Usually, what happens is someone else tells you, "Hey, now so and so sits right there. Y'all don't sit there." Oh boy, <laughs> that's rough. It happens, man. I mean, it's a. Uh, that's not good. Yeah. That's not good. So you know what I typically do? I sit on the front. The very front. Because nobody sits on the front. That's true. And that way I'm not getting somebody's spot because nobody sits on the front row. That's true. But every now and then I'll I'll run into it. But typically, no, they don't sit on the front row. You're right, though. No, people got to be uh, friendly, warm. You know what I mean? Uh, absolutely. Go uh, if, if you don't know someone, someone's new, go say yeah. hi to them. Right. Shake their hand if you know uh, if you can, and then after that, um, this this is tough for a lot of uh, smaller churches, older churches, uh, maybe. But you need to accept and enact necessary change. This is really difficult. Let's say you've been part of a church for a long time, mm-hmm. and just the way I, I put these in air quotes, you've always done things just isn't working yeah. anymore. Yeah. It's hard to ask. Uh, if you've been doing something for decades, ask people to change. Mm-hmm. But but you have to be willing to change things, whether it's uh, simplifying things or just maybe having, like we talked about earlier in the in the hour, having a, a decent website or, yeah. or, or Facebook page, social media. You know, I heard I heard somebody speak the other day on this very topic, and they said it so well. I wish I was as eloquent on this as they were, but let me give you the gist of it. You know, the whole world's changing around you, you know, you, and you can't do anything about it. Technology, you know, the way people communicate, you know, even in your car, you get in. The car is different than it used to be. Yes. You know, you still you turn the key. Now you push a button. You know what I mean? You, radio. Er, everything's different. And you can't do anything about it. They tear down buildings that once were there. You know, and people used to say, yeah, turn right at the so-and-so. Well, the so-and-so ain't there anymore. You know, everything's changing, and there's nothing you can do about it. But people like to know, I can go to my church on Sunday, and everything's the same as it was 30, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Nothing's mm-hmm. changed. The pews are the same. My seat's the same. The carpet's the same. Yes. The order's the same. The people are the same. Uh, the smell's the same. Mm-hmm. And some churches smell. It's all the same, and it's a comfort yes. for people that some something is, and that's the maybe the one place they have some control to try to keep things the same. Yeah, and I wish I could say it as eloquently as he said it. It was really good the way he 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 went through a whole list, and some of it was really funny. Um, but you know, we used the same little booklet in Sunday school. You know, everything's the same. Yes, and and there's a comfort in that for people, and uh, and I get it, but at the same time. Uh, it's uh, what, how did how did you say it? You have to be willing to have to be willing to change. I, I maybe mm-hmm. I put it uh, better in a, a different yeah. way, but that's basically what I was saying. Yeah, and a lot of times people are not they they're comfortable with the way it's been, and 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 in a church and especially in a smaller church, usually 
members, longstanding members, have have an influence over if things change or not. And yes. they would rather keep it the same. That's one thing in their life. That's I can park in the same spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all the same. And the sad thing is I've heard stories of some church members, they would rather that church, local church die than change. And that mm-hmm. just hurts my heart yeah. that, that, that they, they more or less have said that, well, if you change anything, you know, I, I'm, I, I'd rather the church yeah. not exist. Yeah, and they do. Sometimes they do. And it can be a combination of factors. It can be we, we didn't change, and then it can also be that people moved away, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe they got on the other side of this numbers we were talking about earlier, and they had more people move away than the average does. You know, but you have to change as things, as people move away, you have to change because other people may come in. So there's changes that have to be made. So that's very good, um, very good stuff. So there is hope, but you got to be willing to, to do what it takes to, uh, to revitalize your church. Revive your church, ever how you want to say it. Uh, anyway, good stuff, good content. I love talking about the church, and uh, Thursday's a good day for us to do that. Uh, Pastor Paul Brazier wasn't with us today, but we sure enjoyed these conversations with him as well. All righty. I think that's going to wrap it up for us today. Um, it is Priority Talk Radio. Nate and Greg been here for the duration. Stuart, he had to listen to all of it, the whole it's thing. Fascinating. The whole thing. Um, If you want to go back and listen to any of this again, if you heard some of those numbers or stats and you want to check them out or listen a little closer, this will be there at our podcast. And as well as our first hour where we went over the news of the day, um, the legislative news out of Alabama, uh, and uh, we we got you all up to date on what you need to know as we head now next week into back into the regular session where something can be dealt with other than um, spending a billion dollars because that's all they did this week. That's all. Just no, spend that, a billion. That's it. Just spend a billion dollars. Easy day. All righty. We'll let it go right there, my friends. Have a good evening, and I'll be back on Friday. Cleet Hux uh, is in with us, and uh, we'll uh, talk worldview, world religions, and Christian counterfeits with him as we do Friday during the 6 p.m. hour practically every week. And so uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, Uh, We'll listen in for that tomorrow. Tune in for it. And stay tuned right now for more great programming uh, right here on WXJC Radio. Uh, We'll talk to you tomorrow.